0: theories of the third kind
1: welcome to theories of the third kind my name is aaron and i am one of your hosts today the other host joining me is daniel Sun.
2: yo what's going on guys
1: Today's episode, of course, is DMT and the Machine Elves. But before we get into it, let me do a quick announcement. We don't run any ads or take any money from any corporations. So if you would like to help us out, you can leave a written review on iTunes and it helps us out quite a bit. If you don't want to leave one though, or you can't leave one, that is fine. We just want you guys, girls, aliens, reptilians, Bigfoot, Sasquatches, Chupacabras, Ghost, Illuminati members, whoever, or whatever you are, to enjoy the show. Also, if any of you would like to reach out to us, you can shoot us a message on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Or you can go to our website, which is theoriesofthethirdkind.com, and click the contact button. There you will find all of our email addresses. Also, on our site, you can leave a voicemail with your phone anonymously, and we will review it. So, with that being said, how this episode will go today is that we will quickly go over what exactly DMT is, a brief history behind it, individuals' experiences and personal stories upon taking it, the machine elves themselves, theories about them, and then we will wrap it all up with our own thoughts and theories behind it all. Are you ready, Daniel? Let's do it. All right. Well, with that being said, daniel son, can you tell us what DMT is?
2: DMT or dimethyltryptamine is a naturally occurring chemical compound found in the human body and at least 60 species of plants worldwide that produces a uniquely powerful and short-lived psychedelic effect upon taking, which it can be smoked, injected, snorted, ingested, stuck up your butt, pretty much any way you can think of. Depending on the dosage and the method of administration, the effects of DMT can range from mild psychedelic states to powerfully immersive life-altering experiences, in which users are placed in a state where they explore spiritual realms, alternate dimensions, and interact with other beings.
1: So DMT is found in both plants and animals. It is the active hallucinogenic compound in ayahuasca, which is pretty much a, it's a tea brew which is used for ritual purposes by the uh, indigenous people in the Amazon. DMT is illegal in 184 out of 195 countries in the world. However, unlike some illegal substances, DMT is not considered to be addictive or toxic by the scientific community. In no way whatsoever are we telling people they should go out and do DMT. This is just for entertainment purposes, right, Daniel? Correct. All right, so now we're going to jump into a brief history behind DMT.
2: Traditional use of DMT dates back as far as the late 8th century, and like we said earlier, it is naturally occurring in certain plants. One plant in particular, the A. peregrina, also known as Jopo, Jopo, Cahopa, parica, or Calcium Tree. So during ritual ceremonies, the Tain, who were the indigenous people of the Caribbean, used to take the seeds of this Cahoba tree, ground them up, use this giant Y-shaped pipe, to snort them up their noses. When asked why this is done, the tame people responded with just two words, which translated to astral traveling.
1: Man, you figure that's got to hurt. You ground up some seeds and you take it right up your nostrils. Well, it's interesting.
2: Never tried it, so I don't know.
1: Yeah, well, maybe in the future. Maybe. So we talked about the tea brew earlier that was in the Amazon, uh, that was used by the indigenous people of the Amazon, that tea called ayahuasca. So DMT is the psychoactive ingredient in ayahuasca, and evidence of ayahuasca's use dates back to at least 1,000 A.D. Researchers found a bundle containing the residue of ayahuasca ingredients in various other preserved shamanic substances in a cave in southwestern Bolivia, and uh, that was discovered in 2010, which I thought was pretty interesting.
2: Oh, yeah. Right. So all these years, the native people have been using DMT without really anyone ever questioning what it actually was or why. Then in 1956, Stephen Zara, a chemist and psychiatrist living in then-communist nation of Hungary at the time, read about tribes and them taking a spiritual brew with DMT. So Zara was looking for an alternative to LSD, which was impossible to obtain from a communist chemist, hence he began experimenting with DMT and it was then- that the psychotropic effects of the drug were realized.
1: So what are the effects exactly? What does it feel like taking DMT? Well, there's a researcher who suggests that you have probably already felt its effects. His theory is that in times of extreme physical stress, some near-death experiences, and even during REM sleep, the body releases DMT. The man behind this theory is Rick Strassman who we'll cover right now.
2: From 1990 to 1995, Dr. Strassman led a U.S. government-approved and funded clinical research team at the University of New Mexico studying the effects of DMT on human subjects in experimental conditions. As a result of his research, Strassman came to refer to DMT as the spirit molecule because its effects include many features of religious experience such as visions, voices, powerful emotions novel insights, and feelings of overwhelming significance. During the project's five years, he administered approximately 400 doses of DMT to nearly five dozen human volunteers. God dang, 400 doses? Now, do you really think they were volunteers? (laughs) Yeah,
1: well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this Strassman, he was legit. He did all of his stuff legit. So yeah, they, they were actually volunteers. These volunteers, more than half of them, reported profound encounters and interactions with these non-human beings while in this DMT state. So now we're going to hear a few stories from individuals involved with the study and their experiences as they retell what happened almost 20 years ago. All of them said that this was the most profound experience in their life. Now while you listen to this, I want you to keep in mind that all of these individuals are not your typical people whom the media portray as, and I quote, drug users. These individuals had this experience at a fairly young age. All of them were under the age of 25 and have since had become successful in life, such as doctors, yoga instructors, lawyers, and a shaman, just to name a few. Now, this next audio clip is going to be 10 minutes long, but hear me out. It is completely worth the listen so make sure you listen to it all and then come back and then we'll discuss the machine elves and the entities and what they could possibly be so we're going to play that right now
3: i would get a warm full feeling a golden feeling in my chest before it went to my head i'd feel this warm rod about an inch and a half in diameter start growing up inside my central channel it would come up and sort of slow warm up my chest go up through my head and slow down and put tremendous pressure in my sinuses behind my eyes and slow down start to grow and extend the skin behind my forehead about one inch behind my hairline and when it had i was afraid it was going to pop my skin a few times because it was a very physical feeling about an inch and a half two inches above my skull When I popped through there, then the psychedelic trip would start. I thought I died. I saw the white clouds. uh, You know, the uh, Renaissance white fluffy clouds with the gods and the angels and all that stuff is what I saw. I thought I was dying and going out, but I did take a quick look at Cindy and a quick look at Rick because I had my eyes open and they were both there watching, looking very calm. I go, that's really good news. My body looks fine.
4: So I didn't know whether it was my birth I was re-experiencing, my death which was yet to come, because I, I know that time crumbles. The linearity of time is totally meaningless in these states. You are at the Godhead, the point where all time folds in on itself.
5: More and more layers of my humanity start peeling off, finally the last You know the almost the last layer and i can't even describe what it is but you have at some reaches way in there there is like the last layer of that which you which defines you as a human being and it goes you are no longer a human being in fact you're no longer anything you can identify
6: there is no concept of time it was so disorienting i was so Terrified. I have never in my entire life been so terrified to be blasted out of my body, to leave my body behind, to be going at warp speed backwards through my own DNA, out the other end, into the universe.
3: And so I went right into this white light. As soon as I went into it, I lost any sense of being different. Any sense of what I was doing, past, any sense of future. Uh, It was absolutely blissful and euphoric. And I just felt like it wasn't I. I was everything. I was the light. There was no sense of separation, no shadows, no differences, no past, no future. It was all present and white, yellow light then I felt myself falling out of this light, and as I fell out of it, I could feel the light was like a glow, like the sun with flames coming out and lapping out, and I could already start to feel this tremendous separation.
6: i reached across and it was suddenly I'm in the universe, in this huge void with these beings on the other side, and I put out my hands and this incredible rainbow of pink light went between me and these entities. And I was trying to make it be like a white light, but it was this incredible pink light, this energy of love that we, this capacity of love that we as human beings have that I was trying to just send to them.
5: This meteor-like trip through through the infinite space of the interior consciousness, is up pops the picture puzzle pattern door and i'm now whizzing through this sucker like if it was nothing it's just i'm flying through it but now i know what the picture puzzle pattern door is the picture puzzle pattern door is the farthest reaches of your humanity this is the doorway into the what defines you as a human being when you go past that You stop being human to a degree, and the further you get past this point, the further away you go from being a human being. But right here, this picture puzzle pattern door is everything, it's everything. It's what defines you as a human being. This is your, this picture puzzle pattern door is you.
4: This is like the actual core of where all of reality is emanating from. This is where meaning comes from. Symbols were pouring out, they were intertwined. Every symbol or and letter and in every language was pouring out of this point.
6: And I looked around at my environment and I was trying to absorb everything to understand, but there were all of these machines or structures or things that, that I had never seen before, that I had no idea what they were. I was like a caveman in a computer lab. I didn't have any idea, but I knew in my intellectual awareness that this was a very advanced civilization or life forms or, or whatever they were. They, they were so far advanced from, from what we know here on Earth.
4: There's one state of, and it I call it the the hobby horses, and they're interlocking, reticulating, uh, vibrating hobby horses. And I use that, that's what they seem like to me. They interlock and they form a, a visual pattern that seems infinite in scape. And then you're on the inside, outside, inside, every side, and so, it's less possible to use, um, you know, words sort of start to escape you. The texture of the space was very much like an animated Mexican tile. It seemed to be hyper vivid in color, in a technicolor sense, but also very clay-like in earth, you know, like with an earthen pointing towards earth, but not really being of earth.
7: And there was no eye, there was just a sense of a witness being suspended in this incredible vaulted space, like a cathedral made uh, out of a stained glass of all imaginable colors. Unbelievable brilliance and saturation of color. Just this amazing pattern in this dome, this gigantic dome, it was it felt like, you know, the size of the, the of a small planet. And there were these winged, beings, I don't remember exactly what they looked, but were like angels, something like angels that were majestically kind of flying through the space. But there was something about the quality of how they were flying that was unique. I'd never seen anything like it. It was like, I don't know, the sense of uh, another realm that was there. My sense was at, at some point, there was this implicit sense, this is the divine realm. This is the divine realm. And it was not like a thought, but it was like this implicit kind of grokking recognition.
6: It was all very, very impersonal until I got to the space where I realized that I was in the area where souls await rebirth. And I was there, and I had been there so many times before. I recognized it in this incredible transcendent peace came over me. I have never in my life ever felt such peace. Everything was stripped away. Every hope, every fear, every attachment to the material world was completely stripped out of me. I was free to just be the essence of a soul.
7: After the medicine wore off, uh, there is that familiar sensation of kind of coming back into the body and I do remember that that was part of almost all of those experiences of kind of coalescing back into sensory awareness and a sense of having a body and of that becoming a little more substantial and that's oh yeah here I am and I live in a body and I'm okay
5: so Laura removes the eye shades and I ask not really with my eyes open quite yet I ask how long was I gone because I needed to know and Rick chimes in like 15 minutes for a moment I'm shocked I'm like you know mine you know has to try to catch up because now the whole cognitive dissonance of the experience has to has to catch up I was gone for 15 minutes minutes a thousand years of experience in 15 minutes well to say the least it it was profound It, it was it was profound
1: all of those accounts that you just heard those individuals were part of rick strassman's study all of them got injected with DMT and were observed by Dr. Rick Strassman and a nurse there. And they studied them. All those stories were completely interesting. That one guy, I mean, a thousand years of experiences in 15 minutes. What do you think of that? It's kind of scary.
2: Scary or someone's very good at, or very bad at uh, keeping track of time. Yeah. So the big thing is, why is DMT illegal? Dr. Strassman hypothesized that DMT originated inside the brain, coming from a small gland about the size of a grain of rice, Mm, rice. which is called the pineal gland, Mm. otherwise known by some as the third eye. This pineal gland is responsible for regulating our sense of time and is found in practically every vertebrae species.
1: But despite DMT being naturally produced in the body, sadly, it is classified as a Schedule One drug, which by law, makes it equivalent of magic mushrooms, which is also bullshit, uh, peyote cactus, which is bullshit, and opiates like heroin, which eh, I don't think is bullshit. But So, I now I have a theory as to why DMT is illegal, but we'll get to that in my thoughts and theory section, so we won't touch that right now. So let's go ahead and move on to the machine elves. So Danielson, what can you tell us about these machine
2: elves? The machine elves is a term coined by writer and philosopher Terence McKenna to describe non-earthly entities that are often reported by individuals upon taking DMT. However, these machine elves date way back further. References to such encounters can be found in many cultures ranging from shamanic traditions of Native Americans to indigenous Australians and African tribes. So what is it like experiencing these machine elves?
1: Well, according to Terence McKenna, At about one minute to two minutes into the DMT trip, one may burst through a crystal-like mandala and find there's a whole bunch of entities waiting on the other side, saying, how wonderful that you're here. You come so rarely. We're so delighted to see you. They're like jeweled self-dribbling basketballs, and there are so many of them, and they come pounding towards you And they will stop in front of you and vibrate. And then they jump into your body and then they jump back out again. And this whole thing is going on at a high speed mode where you're being presented with thousands of details per second. And you can't get a hold of them. And these things are saying, don't give in to astonishment, which is exactly what you want to do. You want to go nuts with how crazy this is. And they say, don't do that. Pay attention to what we're doing.
2: And what they're doing is making objects with their voices, singing structures into existence. They offer things to you saying, look at this, look at this. And as your attention goes towards these objects, you realize that what you're being shown is impossible. It's not simply intricate, beautiful, and hard to manufacture. It's impossible to make these things. The nearest analogy would be the Fabergé eggs, but these things are like the toys that are scattered around the nursery inside of UFO. Celestial toys and the toys themselves appear to be somehow alive and can sing other objects into existence. So, what's happening is this proliferation of elf gifts, which are moving around singing, and they are saying, Do what we are doing. And they are very insistent and they say, Do it, do it, do it. And you feel like a bubble inside your body beginning to move up towards your mouth. And when it comes out, it isn't sound, it's a vision. You discover that you can pump stuff out of your mouth by singing, and they're urging you to do this. They say, "That's it, that's it. Keep doing it."
1: At about four and a half minutes into the trip, you speak in a kind of unknown language. There's a spontaneous outpouring of arrangement of words and phrases unaccompanied by what is normally called meaning. After a minute or so of this, the whole thing begins to collapse in on itself, and they begin to physically move away from you. Usually their final shot is that they wave goodbye and say, Deja vu, deja vu. Now this is Terrence McKenna's interpretation of what he's seen when he's referring to machine elves. There's a lot of different interpretations of what people seen and all that. And Terrence McKenna's story is about these beings is not unique. Many other people have experienced very similar things. So now we're gonna cover some personal stories of individuals experiencing these so-called beings. So this first listener-submitted experience is from someone very close to the show. Me and daniel are gonna split up reading this one, so I hope you're ready. And that's just a little FYI for you listeners. So uh, Danielson, you wanna start it off for us?
2: Yeah, all right, here we go. I took one deep drag off the pipe, held my breath, and went in for a second. After taking the second, I started drifting into the visual flow of the DMT fractals. I was almost fully immersed into the DMT universe, but was still able to get off my final third drag from the pipe. Just then I had this immense ringing in my ears and a buildup of pressure in my head that burst. I was immediately blasted out of the thin fabric of the visual fractal fantasy that I was in and into a new land. It was like walking from a dim night into a brightly lit casino in Las Vegas. I felt like I had walked behind the scenes into a series of rooms. Everything was colored but cranked up to its fullest potential. The images were clear, crisp, and vivid. A thousand times more vivid than they had ever been in my life.
1: I was in a bright, colored series of rooms. There were two people, a man and a woman. They appeared to me like simple computer-generated images. As soon as I took a step, they glided up to me and spoke directly to me. They kept saying, welcome back, in words like, the big winner, he has returned. Welcome to the end and the beginning. You are the one. As I looked around the room, I felt the sense of some huge celebration upon my entry to this place. Bells were ringing, lights were flashing, these gliding computer-generated individuals began to lead me around the room, showing me how all my life they had been preparing me for this moment. I was shown dozens experiences simultaneously in my life that had led up and been clues to this exact moment. I was shown in a flood and an onslaught of images, thoughts, situations, raw feelings that everything had been building to this moment that this moment had been planned.
2: They told me it was a gift, that I had been selected to be the one. I felt feelings of huge relief and excitement, but I also felt a fear in the individuals. At this moment in the experience, I became afraid for my life. I felt that this gift would cost me my life. I did not want to be the one. The gliding computer-generated individuals felt this fear in me and began to hold my hands and arms rushing me deeper into their world. I felt their fear and I began to believe that I had stepped out of the dream, out of the drug, out of my body and mind and into this super world. I began to believe in the transformation.
1: As I walked deeper, I saw an object in the middle of these rooms. This object was similar to an hourglass. It was slowly turning over. I became aware that this vessel, as it tipped over, transferring its contents, it was actually transforming me and my feelings. I felt my humility slip out as I filled with this new powerful light, a light of greater perception, of clarity. It felt like returning home. It felt familiar. It felt like I was waking up from a hollow pale dream of reality. I felt godlike. I realized that this gift was not only a gift, but equally a death sentence for my physical body. I felt like Christ at the moment of realization of Godhood and the inevitable moment of His crucifixion. I also felt like all this knowledge and perception was far too large to be processed by my physical mind and that death was the obvious transition.
2: As this moment of realization hit me, I felt the individuals who had been guiding me all along smile and step back. At this time, I felt a collapsing feeling as I gave in to the experience accepting my fate. I remember thinking that the hourglass had turned a little farther and I was pouring out of this life into my new one. I said out loud, I am dying. Then I lost the support of my body, myself, and my existence, and I began to drift. My friend, who was my trip sitter, then touched my leg. I remember being drawn back into my body and thinking, to hell with this. I am not going to die, not yet. And I felt the individuals smiling around me and looking at me. I felt the fear. I felt the exhilaration of my visions. Even though this place was vibrant and psychedelic, my mind had an extremely hard time trying to comprehend what I was seeing. The individuals kept saying to me that I was the winner and the one.
1: I then said out loud again that I am dying, to which my friend, aka the trip sitter, responded only three more minutes and you'll be all right as soon as i was able to believe that in three more minutes i would be normal again and everything began to fade then finally i started to feel in control of my body and my life slowly i drifted out of their world back through the gauzy world of colors and patterns with a little extra coaxing from my friend i was able to wake up and separate myself from that moment i still vibrate from the experience and that's it so that was the first personal experience now that one's a little long the rest of them are nowhere near that long they're usually one or two paragraphs just a little FYI But
2: that was pretty crazy though yeah
1: pretty interesting Um, I say let's go to the next one you want to cover the next story Daniel?
2: hell yeah this next story is from a listener named Shanna I am now just realizing what I encountered could be called machine elves. I personally didn't get an elvish vibe. However, they did seem machine-like. Very similar to worker bees. They operated on my stomach. Overall, I feel like they ate hatefulness doing the universe's will. For me, they were cloaked figures filled with the brightest white light and they communicated and worked via the energy they were made of. When they talked... To one another, it sounded like deep yet high-pitched beeps that reverberated heavily and echoed. They were very direct in all actions. I feel like they wore cloaks over their brightly lit bodies so it would not blind me and so that it could also give them a figure. I saw four operate on me. I was paralyzed the entire time. I also saw one fly over us as it made its way to complete whatever mission it was on. This was just one aspect of my ayahuasca vision.
1: It's an interesting story that Shanna had that, uh, that'd be absolutely terrifying being worked on by something or someone not knowing what it was and them other ones flying over you.
2: Yeah. And you're like completely paralyzed. You couldn't stop them, what they were doing. You were just there. Mm. Kind of makes
1: you think about the alien stories you hear in the 50s and 60s and 70s, you know, of people getting abducted and getting probed and are getting worked on. It almost makes me wonder if,
2: what it kind of reminds me of, you know, when people talk about like when they're sleeping and then they wake up and they're like paralyzed and they see like a demon standing over them. Yeah. That, that's kind of what it reminded me of. Okay. Hopefully it's not um, a demon. Yeah.
1: No, but what I was going at with mine is what, you know, how the the United States government back in the day, they, uh, in the 60s and 50s and 70s, they took LSD and they gave it to people and they had no clue that they were actually getting LSD. I can't remember if that was on the human experimentation episode or what episode that was on. It was a really early one, but we, we covered that. And it um, makes me wonder if, if these alien encounters were actually people on DMT unknowingly and the government was like, hey, we need some test subjects. Let's go inject some random people with DMT and see how they react. Yeah. Just a theory. All right, so we'll go to the next one. So, this next story is from a listener that goes by the name of Etherbound. I have witnessed an entity on DMT that can be as human as you or I, or as alien as anything you have ever witnessed in a sci fi movie. Then, other times, you vault past trivial things like aliens, of jesters, and your reality is wiped away and replaced with the source field. By that, I mean you enter a place where everything that ever was is. Or will be. We are limited by our senses. They give us this illusion we perceive to be reality. There is nothing like the DMT breakthrough. Nothing. Well, maybe death. We are God experiencing itself subjectively. I didn't mean to get off on a tangent. I witnessed a craft of some sort once, but was under the impression from the crew it was organic. Not metal and steel, but living tissue. That could hold any form they wanted. All communication, if you want to refer to it as that, is in pure emotion. I don't know what to call it. They are in your mind and you theirs. It is a level of understanding that only can be understood with the experience. Our puny language has no words for the things you will go through.
0: Hmm.
1: Hmm. That's very interesting.
2: They can be as human as you or I or as a... So pretty much whatever you want to imagine them as.
1: Yeah. If some people think, you know, some people think it's all in your head and that's what you imagine. I mean, yeah, that would be one, one thought to it, you know, true, but eh. Okay. So this next story we're going to go over and then we'll go uh, into theories and start discussing it and start theorizing and stuff like that. So do you want to cover this next one?
2: Yep. So of course, if you listen to podcasts, then you know of Joe Rogan. Yes the Joe Rogan who hosted Fear Factor for around a million years, and who is also is a commentator for the UFC. Anyways, he talks quite a bit about DMT in a few of his podcast episodes. He had mentioned using DMT on multiple occasions, but he said that his experiences of what he saw was not quite machinos, but something different. He said, and I quote, Reality dissolves and you're there. The last DMT trip that I had was very strange. There was these gestures that were giving me the finger. They kept giving me the finger. I think it's their way of telling you not to take yourself seriously. End quote.
1: Can you imagine that being the first time you take DMT and you see you're like wanting some really emotional breakthrough, right? You're wanting to strip yourself of your ego. You're all prepared, ready to go, you've been getting your mental state good for months. And you go and you smoke it or whatever. You, you think you're going to have this breakthrough and all of a sudden you see these jokers dancing around giving you the finger. It's like, what the fuck? Somebody gave me some bad DMT. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's got to suck.
2: That's definitely going to suck. Yeah.
1: All right. Now we're going to go over some potential theories. So this is a fun part. This potential theories as to what these entities could be. Right. Mm-hmm. So. The first one we're going to cover is that there are no alien or spiritual entities at all, and it is just merely a hallucination. Okay. What do you think of that one?
2: I mean, it's possible. eh?
1: Yeah. The brain is is pretty crazy when it comes to being able to cope and deal with things and what it can come up with. So I can see that one. So what's, what's the next one?
2: Next one. DMT allows awareness of processes at a cellular or even atomic level. Maybe even of quantum mechanical processes at the atomic or subatomic level.
1: Whoa. That's deep. I mean, yeah. It allows you to, I guess, tap into a different level of awareness. I could see that. You know, that's yeah. another possibility. So, hmm. Okay. This next one is as a neurotransmitter, DMT causes the older parts of the reptilian brain to dominate consciousness, resulting in a state of awareness that appears totally alien. Now, okay, so I could see this because, so our brain has a section called the the pre-reptilian or the primal part of the brain. Uh, it basically it, it drives such as things as uh, like self-preservation, the preservation of the family and reproduction and it's all like your primal drives. And it helps us distinguish between threatening and non-threatening stimuli. I can see now I can see the argument being made that DMT somewhat maybe let's say enhances that reptilian part of the brain. And then it it overflows and you become what a friggin' wolf or a lion or whatever thing else sees. Mm -hmm. It's just me just free balling it, you know? I I could see it, but I have no scientific proof to to back that up. So that's just a theory. All right, what's the next one, Daniel?
2: The next one is psychedelic tryptamines are the biochemical means by which we contact the creators, the divine God. Hmm. Eh. Uh,
1: I don't know. Possible, I guess.
2: Yeah, possible. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't
1: I don't I don't discredit much stuff. I think anything's really possible. So hmm. okay. The next one is DMT provides access to the afterlife or world of the dead, and the entities are the souls or personalities of the departed. Now, my personal thoughts and theories is this. So I'm gonna save my thoughts on this when we get into personal thoughts and theories here in a minute. So Keep that one in the back of your mind. So do we want to go ahead and move to the next one?
2: Yeah, we'll go ahead and move to the next one. See, uh, DMT entities are beings who have mastered the art of time travel and can communicate with humans without physically materializing.
1: I like that one. Always love me some time traveling. Oh, yeah.
2: Now, do you think they use the Montauk chair?
1: I think they've far surpassed the Montauk chair. They probably have. They probably, okay, imagine computers back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. Our Montauk chair is huge, okay? Our Montauk chair is like the early 80s computer, so it's huge. Now, people in the future, their Montauk chairs is just going to be like a little computer chip, like a very small computer chip the size of your pinky nail. And they just, like, touch their pinky nail, choop, and then that's how they time travel. See, that's what we need to get, Daniel.
2: I man, I love my Montauk chair, though.
1: Yeah, it is comfy. All right, so this last one is the entities are probes from an extraterrestrial or an extradimensional species set out to make contact with organisms such as ourselves who are able to manipulate their nervous systems in a way that allows the communication to take place. Holy shit, that is deep.
6: That I is like
1: that deep. one. I like that one. I've never even thought about that. These entities that you're visualizing are basically workers from these other interdimensional species sent out to make contact with us or whomever. They're Like, hey, go make contact with the people in the third dimension while we're up here in the fourth dimension. And then uh, tell us how it goes and tell us what they're like. Oh, they're down there bombing each other still over religion? Fuck maniacs. I knew it. Okay. Leave them alone. We'll come back. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We'll come back in a couple hundred years. Anyways, those are some of the theories about the entities. Um, Now we're going to roll into personal thoughts and theories. All right, so my first theory is what I call the ghost theory. It's similar to one of the ones we talked about earlier, okay? So what if when an individual takes DMT and experiences these quote-unquote beings, that they're actually being blasted off into another dimension, like their soul is being— now this is under the assumption you think that we have a soul— is being blasted out into another dimension that we're unaware of. They walk around in that dimension but are seen as ghosts, right? Okay. Okay, now this is where it takes a turn. What if when people in this dimension, like when we see ghosts, they're actually other beings from other dimensions on a DMT trip that end up in our dimension in ghost form. So we aren't seeing ghosts, we're seeing <laughs> go we're seeing species or other beings or other people on DMT trips from other dimensions.
2: Oh, that'd be funny. That's like, yo, <laughs> that, <laughs> I saw you before.
1: Yeah, that was a good that was a, I was sitting there thinking. I was like, man, that's a really good theory. That's something I've never even really considered before until now when we Research this topic was what if that's what it was? It's interesting to think about, you know?
2: That is. I like that one.
1: So, what theory do you have?
2: When I was, you know, doing, like reading and listening and, you know, listening to Lady on the YouTube video and such, one thing that comes across my mind is when everyone took DMT, they had the out of body experience and they were all experiencing some kind of sort of death. Most of them did, anyways. DMT seems to give you that feeling of passing away, death, the euphoria of being released from your physical form. And then, you know, these machine elves, since there is no true form to them, and they are all, like, different to different people, I can only assume with the feeling of passing on, maybe these forms are representations of your own self throughout your own life, or what whatever you decide to picture them as, imagine them, you know, so pretty much kind of like a hallucination. And, you know, the one lady was saying, you know, she was in like a machine library and that kind of just made me think of, you know, with them, you know, pretty much them being different forms of your former self, I guess, future past, present, whatever, past lives that maybe they're going back through different memories of different lives and such, which, you know. And
1: that's why it seems unfamiliar to them. Yeah. Or somewhat familiar, but somewhat unfamiliar yeah. right she said there was a sense of yeah yeah deja vu and that there was a sense of like uh being familiar with being at that place again oh daniel always going deep with his theories yes I, I do agree that there that you experience a dmt quote-unquote trip when you die you you know when you like lay down for a nap and you go to sleep and you wake up and you're like damn, how long has it been? It's felt like it's been five hours, but in reality it was like five or 15 minutes, right? Yep. There's a theory that your pineal gland releases a small amount of DMT, and what this DMT does is it actually slows down time for you, and only for you. So whenever you start to die or you realize that you're about to die, your body dumps all of its DMT from the pineal gland, and then it's so much that... It slows down time for you and you live in this bliss of euphoria, which feels like to you for thousands and thousands and thousands of years or even an eternity, but for others it's a, it's a second, you know, you're already dead, you're already gone. But for you, you're still in your euphoria, you're still in your death state of your ego is stripped away from you and you're gone, right? But that's just one theory that I've heard of before, which... Yeah. I don't know if I since sens- I truly believe because I,
2: I don't know. See, only re- like reason I think I kind of came up with that is because you know I of course haven't experienced myself, but you know they say that when you're pretty much on your deathbed, you like you start to go, you seem to start having these uh, flashbacks of your life. You've heard of that, right?
3: Yeah. Where like yeah, pretty yeah. much
2: your life plays back to you and all that. That that kind of made me think of the DMT because you know like you said the pineal gland releases lots of it, so maybe it's just. It connects with, you know, of you passing away, that euphoria that it gives you from being released. Okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, it all fits. I I like that a whole lot. Thank you, Dan. Welcome. All right, so this next theory I have is called They Are Everything Theory. Machine elves are the architects and technicians of the universe working around the clock to bring you this reality. They are ancient and timeless. They always have been and always will be. They are our higher selves. The elves are ourselves, just in a higher dimension. Hmm? Okay. Did I go a little too deep for you there? It's actually us. We're ex- j- it's similar to yours, right? Yeah. About how, it, but these elves are just a higher dimension of ourselves. So,
2: hmm. I like it. I I went to the elbow, you know, pushed in with my arm. I went to the elbow. You went all the way to the shoulder.
1: Oh, yeah. And I'm about to jump all the way in. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> now, do you got any theories you want to add before I go into the legality theory that I have?
2: No, let's, let's jump into it.
1: Okay, so I know we spoke about DMT being legal, illegal, and I said I would go back on to why it's illegal. So let me explain. DMT is not illegal because of any scientific research which states that it's dangerous, DMT is illegal because LSD was made illegal in the United States in 1968, which then catalysts the United Nations blanket ban on all psychotropic compounds in 1971. The United Nations Convention put LSD and DMT into the Schedule I category. Now this is even higher than morphine or amphetamine, which are in Schedule II. Stating that these compounds in Schedule 1 pose a serious risk to public health and have no therapeutic value. LSD is not dangerous as many people think it is, as extremely few people who take it actually die, compared to a very large amount of people who are taking it globally. However, the establishment in the United States clearly considers LSD dangerous due to its cultural destabling effect. So under its influence, like during the baby boomer era, a lot of people took LSD. And these individuals began to reject the status quo. They started to protest against the foreign wars like, you know, Vietnam and all that. And so LSD was perceived to promote social unrest and upheaval. That's why LSD is illegal, which put a blanket ban on psychotropics, which covered DMT as well, which is bullshit. But there are no reported deaths from anyone smoking DMT, and neither have I heard of anyone becoming physically injured from smoking DMT. DMT is a non-addictive and no physical harm has ever been shown to be demonstrated with the administration of DMT. So why is DMT still illegal then? Now it is my personal opinion that I would say it is still illegal because it is presumably easier and convenient for governments to maintain its illegality and there is a lack of lobbying to make DMT legal. DMT is illegal, in my personal opinion, because drugs are illegal, and most governments maintain a redundant and backwards-ass policy against drugs. End rant. Pretty much. That's my take, okay? Got me all worked up, Dan.
2: That's what this show's about. Getting worked up. Getting worked up and discussing shit.
1: Yeah. All right. So you got anything you want to add before we wrap up the DMT and Machine Elves?
2: I do not really want to try this shit because I'm scared of anything like that. But, you know, like the one person did it, uh, they had a trip sitter. So I guess uh, if someone were to come across this, I guess I would highly have one of those around.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I would I would highly recommend having a trip sitter. Now, this is not promoting you taking it or you doing it whatsoever. What you do with your body and what you choose is yours. We're not trying to influence you in any way. We just want to make you aware of of what it is and the studies behind it and stories behind it. So what you do is your decision. And I respect whatever you do and whatever decision you make. But if you were to do it, I highly suggest, like Dan said, a trip sitter. And that's someone who sits there and watches you while you, you know, go under. All right. I guess that's the end of the DMT in Machine Elves. I guess let's move on to voicemails. You want to go to voicemails? Dude, let's do it. Love me some voicemails. So we have two voicemails today. Both of them are from an individual named Kyle, and we're going to play them back-to-back. So we'll play those right
0: now. Hi, my name's Kyle. Um, I was just listening to the Dark Web Podcast, and then I realized that the... um. That it's not anonymous. Um, I have proof of it, or I had it. So there was a Vice interview on child sex trafficking, and then they showed a video of them catching them in the act, like they lured them. And then they showed on a computer screen a map of the U.S., and there was like little dots that would pop up, and they said it was every time that somebody was looking at child porn on the dark web in the U.S. So it's obviously not... It's obviously trackable, but... They were able to find it and track everybody. And then they, the video is now gone, which makes me think that they realize that they messed up. So I love you guys. So that's just what I wanted to say. Okay. Sorry. I'm Kyle again. Um, there was this weird thing. I was just at McDonald's and I got a water and a McDouble, so not a shattered or anything. So I started drinking the water and it tasted really weird. I didn't know what was wrong with it, but it felt thick and salty in a way. And it was, it turned out it was Dasani. So I looked at the ingredients. I thought it would just say water, but it didn't. There were a whole bunch of other ingredients. I can't remember at the top of my head because I threw that away. It was so bad, but um, it was gross. There was salt in it. There was some other thing, other chemical in my research and I looked into it. And that chemical is like a thickening agent. And I don't understand why that would be in water.
1: All right. First, thank you, Kyle, for the voicemails. Yes, thank you. Um, I guess let's cover the first one uh, that was mentioned, the dark web. Now, we did state in the dark web that it was made by the United States government. So it's not surprising that it is entirely trackable. Um, yeah, I mean, that sucks but it's good for the people trying to catch the people who are looking up that kind of disgusting stuff, you know? Yeah. It's interesting that the Vice interview disappeared after uh, it was on for a little while.
2: Guaranteed someone hmm. out there still has it.
1: Yeah, they probably saved it somewhere. Let me do a quick DuckDuckGo search. Vice interview Dirk web. Okay. All right. So... Dan, see if you can pull this up. See if it will pull up for you. Vice, Dark. Tell me what comes up when you when, when you pull it up.
2: Uh, Vice. It goes to the Vice on TV, then it just says dark web. <laughs> That's
1: exactly what it does for me. Okay, so we came across the ViceTV.com, and you go to their topic, dark web. And when you go to that web page, all it has is dark web in bold letters, real big, and nothing else on the web page. Which tells me the video was pulled. But let's see if we can go to uh, Internet History Archive. Wow. This, hmm. Wayback Machine doesn't have that page archived. That is very weird. Because ViceTV.com, it's been archived ever since it was made in 2013. But for some reason that topic was pulled from the archives. That is odd very huh it'd be something for us to look into thanks for the thanks for that kyle man it's that's weird that it would get pulled off the internet archive
3: yeah
1: hmm all right so i guess let's move on to the second uh topic the dasani water being thick and salty um
2: now that's odd <laughs> actually no it's
1: <laughs> it's very odd you know Whenever a couple months ago, or I guess a month ago, whenever people started doing the panic buying for this coronavirus, the one bottle of water that it seems like everybody could find was Dasani and nobody wanted to buy it because of how disgusting it was or
2: is. Dude, my whole family avoids Dasani. They said they hate it no matter what. They, they'd they rather drink from the faucet or water hose, which, you know, I drank from the water hose when I was younger, but they'd rather do all that before they buy Dasani water. Yeah. The
1: sun is disgusting, but that's something we're going to have to look into to get real scientific with it to uh, figure out if, you know, what's what's in it and uh, what's causing that thick and salty taste. There you go.
2: Coca-Cola uses tap water from local municipal water supplies, filters it using the process of reverse osmosis and adds trace amounts of minerals, including magnesium sulfate, which is Epsom salt, potassium chloride and sodium chloride, which is table salt. So they add a lot of ta- a lot of salt into that shit which makes you thirstier, right?
1: Yeah. Damn Coca-Cola. We need to do an episode over Coca-Cola and what they do. Oh, yeah. shit.
2: Add them to the list.
1: They're added to the list. All right. So, um, all right. So, thank you, Kyle, for the two voicemails. Keep sending more. Uh, we'll find out more information about that Desani thick water and all that for you.
2: I mean, at first it sounded like something else was in the water bottle, but. Yeah, I wasn't even
1: going to go there, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody was thinking it. Yeah, was know. thinking it. it ca-
2: It popped into everyone's mind when they heard it, you know. Yeah. Sorry, Kyle. It's nothing to get, nothing
1: personally for you, Kyle. It's, it's, it's what everybody thought, you know, whenever you said what you said. So, all right. So now we're going to get into ratings and reviews. Let's see. So this first review was left on April 7th and it is from Great Britain. It is from the user Lonely Wanker. It is five stars. With a subject line that reads, great show. they go going to say, I don't really like podcasts, but I never miss an episode of yours. Keep up the good work. Much love from an obnoxious English lass. Thank you, Lonely Wanker, for the five stars and for the love. Yeah. We love you. Thank you. All right. This next one was left on April 7th, and it is by Ruben, and it is back in the United States. It is five stars with a subject line that reads, I love it. they go going to say, this was very entertaining. I was captivated the entire episode. Mel's Hole was my first episode. Keep it up, you guys. I'll have to go back and catch up on all the prior episodes. Thank you, Ruben. It was all because of Daniel. Daniel's the master.
2: Yes, I can't deny it. Especially talking about my modeling hair.
1: Yep. Come here. Let me feel it again. So good. So soft. Ooh, I like that. (laughs) All right. Thank you again, Ruben, for the five stars and the love. We love you. And uh, just keep in mind, whenever you go back and catch up on all the prior episodes, our early episodes, the quality is not that great. So just giving you a heads up. All right. So this next uh, review was left on April 8th. It is from AGTG. It is five stars. With the subject line that reads, so lucky to have found you guys. They go on to say, so I'm a huge conspiracy, paranormal, everything, weird, strange fan. And you guys do just that. Love this podcast. Putting it on my top list. Keep it up, guys. Lizard Chupacabra Bigfoot 2020. LOL. Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Bigfoot 2020.
1: Yeah. Anyways, thank you, AGTG, for the five stars. Thank you for the love. And I agree. Bigfoot
7: 2020.
2: Hell yeah.
1: All right. This next one is from Dusty Peg. Uh, it was left on April 9th, and it is from Canada. It is five stars with a subject line that reads hard. Yup. They go on to say, well done, everyone. Stumbled upon this podcast a week ago and have been very entertained so far. Love the intros and the topics you touch upon. The tip of the hat to Art Bell during the Mel's Hole episode was great. Missed that guy. Started from the newest episode and worked my way back in time. No chair needed. It's great when a group of like-minded people can make you laugh and make you think at the same time. Thank you for all the content. May all your worship er, may all your worship continue to bow at the waist and mind the gap, my friends. Much love. Nice. Thank you, Dusty Pegg, for the love for the five stars. And I like that, uh I like that no chair needed reference. I like that. That's very good. What do you think of that, Dan? I like it. All right. Well, thank you. And hey, since you're in Canada, you need to scoot over Dusty. And make room for me because I'm going to come live up there. We're all I heading you. up there. I love Canada. Yeah, we're all, all of us are. All right. So moving on. This next one is from Pammy 8. We're back in the United States and it was left on April 9th. It is four stars with a subject line that reads great content. They go on to say, this is my new favorite podcast. It's got great content and I like the laid back feel. The only thing that could be better is if Kate stops saying, um, like, or like, you know. All right. Well, um, thank you, Pammy 8, for the four stars and thank you for the love. Uh, we will pass that information on to Kate and let her know. Thank you for the four stars. Yep. All right. This next review was left on April 10th. It is from EYGXBSKE with a subject line that reads awesome. It is five stars. They go on to say, You guys are great. I'm always telling people about this podcast. Well, thank you, EYGXBSKE. No, you're awesome. Thank you for your love and your support. You're awesome.
2: And DVD.
1: Ooh. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even. E-Y-G-X-B-S-K-E and DVD. I didn't even. I, thought, I didn't even realize that was the rest of his screen name.
2: Dude, what was our buddy's uh, left a voicemail saying uh, the one word that's not said enough? Kneecaps, man. Kneecaps. Kneecaps. Knee
1: right. All right. So this next one was left on April 10th. It is one star. From the user D-E-A-S-79. With the subject line that reads lame. They go on to say, you guys cover all the topics I love, but your delivery leaves much to be desired. Hope you improve. We'll check back later. P.S. Your jokes are lame AF. I'm guessing that means lame as fuck.
2: Yeah, I think that's what that means. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you for your um, critique. I will keep the jokes to a minimum, like I always try to do. Yeah. I mean, uh, no jokes if,
2: are few, pretty lame. I know.
1: Yeah. If you have a Twitter or Facebook or uh, a Instagram, shoot us a message and let us know what we could improve on delivery wise. And uh we'll see if we can adjust. But thanks for leaving the suggestion and uh thanks for saying you'll come and check us back later. But get a hold of us and let us know what we can improve on. All right. This next one is was left on April 10th. It is from Kylie six three seven three eight three six three seven three seven. Jesus Christ. Well, well said. It is five stars with a subject line that reads "Thanks for bringing back my childhood in a podcast." They go on to say, "Honestly, I've tried to find a podcast like this for a long time with no luck. I'm not sure how I stumbled upon this one, but I'm so lucky I did." You guys are amazing. My dad is a truck driver, and when I was younger, I would sometimes ride with him on long drives. We would always listen to Coast to Coast AM. I'm sure that's where my fascination for the unknown started. I love how fun you guys make it with the noises, and even in the last podcast when he read like a real Miss Country Bumpkin. Very (laughs) funny. I don't have many friends who are as fascinated with the unknown as I am. So I feel great to be able to listen to you guys talk about things I'm very interested in. Keep up the good work. Love you guys Our love you guys all. Well, thank you, Kylie, uh, for the love for the five stars and for the support. And, uh, your dad is awesome for introducing you to coast to coast AM and you're awesome for riding with him on the long truck drives.
2: Yes. Very awesome.
1: Uh, you know, you were right, Daniel. I didn't get, I don't think I got any hate for reading like the real miss country bumpkin. No,
2: that, I had a feeling that they might like when you did it because you you have a funny country bumpkin voice. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. And that is a compliment. Thank you.
1: (laughs) All right. So thank you again, Kylie, for the love and uh, for the five stars and for for everything. All right. This next one is from uh, AK from the 215. It was left on April 10th. It is four stars with a subject line that reads solid show. They go on to say flows well and seems well researched beyond Wikipedia by the hosts. No one talks over each other and it's pretty well organized too. The shout out review section I usually skip over as they're kind of long. They do luckily come after the subject presentation though. Pretty good stories on some unique topics too. Well, thank you, AK from 215, for the love and support. Uh, yeah, I, I'm guessing we got four stars out of five because of the review and shout-out section is pretty long. But, yeah, that's why we kind of stick it at the end. But I'm glad we can still uh, present you with some good research and that we don't talk over each other and that we're well-organized. If you got any suggestions, shoot us a message yep. that mm-hmm. we can improve on.
2: I like how you said beyond Wikipedia because, you know, we do look at Wikipedia, but that's not our number one go-to.
1: No, it is not. But there have been people that thought we just use Wikipedia, which is not true at all. But thank you for realizing that, AK from the two one five. That's right. Thank you. All right. So this last one, this last review was left on April eleventh. It is by Bobster six 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 nine. It is five stars. With the subject line that reads "Y'all are ala- y'all are amazing." They're going to say "Assalamu alaikum." Brothers and sisters. Well, I take back the sisters part because Kate is my love. Aaron, Don, and Daniel, hope you don't have a brother by the name Danny, L-M-F-A-O.
2: No. You guys no are goodness. amazing.
1: <laughs> Keep up the fantastic stuff y'all are doing. Google Ayurib Arfarid. He's the man who is bigger than Pablo Escobar, and his involvement with the U.S. government. Can't wait for the next episode. Well, thank you, Bobster6669, for the suggestion, for the love, for the five stars. We love you. All right, so that's all the ratings and reviews. I guess now we move on to shout-outs. Um, so do you have any shout-outs on Twitter?
2: I do have one. We were asked a question. It is from Bobby at I am Talawahid. It says, what if all the modeling agencies are really just catalogs for the elites, and they just they get to choose what they want to quench their and others thirst, we should have an episode on that. Ooh. So I think we did touch, we kind of touched on that, on the human cloning, I guess, but we never really went in depth with it.
1: Mm-hmm. That's something we're going to have to dive deep into, and maybe they could be on one of our thoughts and theories. We'll, we should throw that on our thoughts and theories list. It's added. All right, awesome. Thank you for that. So I guess we'll move on to Instagram shoutouts. Uh, I want to shout out FeeGee3, um, JsauceGG. Uh, Matthews3594 sent us a message that said, Is Epstein still alive? Of course he is. Um, shout out to Turloaf, to Lucky Breeze381, Zach Attack, Goodness Prevails, and Sydney, and Chipper10 Atlanta. So thank you guys for shooting us messages. Still playing catch up on all of that as well. Um, on the Facebook shout-outs, I want to give a shout-out to Libby P., Colleen F., Haley E., Bobby C., Nick P., Connor M., Chewy C., Gary L., Mike T., Emmanuel D., and I'm not seeing you guys' last name for privacy reasons. Jacob V., Sean H., sorry it took so long for those shout-outs, guys. We're super backed up on Facebook messages. So I apologize; it took so long for those, but just know that we love you, and um, we appreciate the messages and the love, and keep them coming. Yep, yep. All right. So, Dan, you got anything to add before we roll this out?
2: Uh, yeah. Jake Farm, I know you sent me an email, uh, probably a month or so back. I was going to reply, but then the email was deleted because I guess uh it only holds the emails for
1: yeah. We have to switch our email program, man. Our email thing we're using is. Freaking prehistoric. So,
2: yeah. So, Jake, yeah, if you want, man, send me another email and I'll try to reply back to it. I didn't forget about you. Yep.
1: All right. Uh, so with that being said, thank you for joining today's show. If you guys want to get a hold of us, you can find us at theories of the That website it has links to all of our social media stuff and to our email addresses. Uh, thank you again for joining us. We love you. Stay safe out there. So with all that being said, Dan, you want to roll
2: us out? You know it. Alright guys, it's okay to be out of this world with your thoughts. Because you're not alone.